Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 60, the nostalgia episode of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, and today I am joined by Mike, Paul, and Josh. But guys, we're going to get right into it, as always. Instead of asking you guys how you're doing, I want to ask you what the peak of your week has been, Paul. I want to know. What's the best thing that happened to you this week? Man, it has been a banner week. Just first off, Matt, I want to say thank you so much for having me on the show. It's always a pleasure when uh, our paths cross and uh, I'm invited on. So thank you so much for that. Okay. Yeah. Also, yeah, I mean, banner week. I'm trying. I'm, here's the thing. I didn't have a very good week, but that's not that's not what this is. But about, it was a banner okay? week. But it was a banner week, okay? Because I put up a lot of banners in my oh. job as a bannerman. Uh, but no, uh, what I what I actually am excited about uh, is Dragon Ball and Fortnite. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe kind of a sad peak of the week, but I've been very excited. And honestly, the hype for it is probably better than it actually is. It's cool. I like it. Fortnite's one of those things I come back and forth on and I'll, I'll play for a few weeks and then I'll stop for a month and play for another few weeks and, and get into it. So, but I'm very excited that no matter what now, when I come in and, and play Dragon or play Fortnite again uh, in the near, in the next few years or months or weeks, I can do it as Goku uh, and I can do my favorite TikTok dances as Goku. Yeah. So I'm having a great time with it. Um, I actually had a bunch of V-Bucks saved up. I actually, I recently got Fortnite crew just uh, because I wanted the V-Bucks at the time and it made the most sense to pay for that. And it actually ended up paying off because I didn't even know that this collab was going to happen. And now I had like a ton of V-Bucks saved up. So I've, I've bought all the, like a lot of the characters. So I'm having a great time, Matt. It's a uh, peak of my week. I'm really excited for this to continue onward. Yeah. Don't put it down. It's not sad. I mean, it's the peak of your week. I think that's fair to be the best thing of the week. Now, if it was peak of the month, if it was peak of the year, then that's a different conversation. Not peak of the year. That would be a very different conversation. Josh, the best thing that happened to you this week. I I got better. Uh, I was yeah. sick with uh, insert that one you know of uh, here. Yeah, it was uh, a blast. It was fun. I was fatigued as shit from like Thursday to Sunday or Monday. Uh, and then today I woke up feeling a peachy fucking keen. So I'm good. It's it's you you always take for granted what feeling normal looks like or what feeling normal is like until you feel like just an abject pile of shit. Oh yeah, totally. When you're when you're sick, you're like, I just want I just want to feel normal. I I just want that feeling of normalcy again. Exactly. You want to breathe without your head pounding. Uh, not very not pog. It's a luxury. It's a luxury. It Mike, the best thing that happened to you this week. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but I would say uh, finishing my review of Cult of the Lamb. Uh, it hasn't. It's not done yet. It'll be done tomorrow, hopefully. So it'll be out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, but as of recording it, it is not done yet. Go check it out because it is out now by the time that this is out. We, for anyone who's not aware, we record on Tuesdays and the show comes out to Patreon Friday and public on Sunday. So... We, we actually record pretty far in advance from the public release, so the world could be a totally different place by the time this podcast comes out. You never know. Jesus. <laughs> Hopefully for the better. Hopefully for the better. I was trying to make a joke, and I was joking in the background that you were just going to ignore me and, and like cut out all of my audio, but I was muted, so... Oh, 
Yeah. So we'll, do you yeah. what do you have what you want to tell your joke or is it the just joke too was late? that we record two months in advance? I thought it'd be, it, it would have been funny to say it like kind of casually, but it's not funny now. Yeah. yeah. Show fans, anyone think it's funny? Let the record show no uh, yeah, one. People know what? are burying their hands in the ground. My peak is that uh I'm down a few pounds. Matt. Um, yeah. What's the peak of your week? My, my peak is that I'm I'm down a few pounds. I'm a little over hey. a week into my keto diet now. I've walked about three miles every day. The only days that I don't do it is podcast recording days because that's just not easy. Uh, but I'm already seeing some results, so that's good news. Kind of shocking. I don't know if my scale is lying to me, but I'm already <laughs> seeing some some results. It's good. Stuff. Congratulations, my friend. That's Thank that's you. good stuff. I I was I was on that train. I hurt myself. You sound like you have a frog in your throat. What the hell uh, happened there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kermit the frog. Mm-hmm. So you were saying? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to show me your trends. In show me your trends, I give our panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase, and they have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right. Two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode to get the purest that answers possible <laughs> we'll play three quick rounds i only say quick rounds sometimes it's not quick i'm lying to the audience i'll make sure it's not quick oh mm-hmm. all right round one where is the nearest blank keep in mind these were googled within the confines of the united states of america the contiguous 48 States, not in Alaska, not in Hawaii. Where'd that G come from? Contiguous. That's so yeah. fucking stupid. All right, let's do round one. <laughs> no, I need a minute. <laughs> Let me just pull out. Sorry, just give me a sec here. I got my my notes. Yeah, contiguous. Yeah, yeah. He's getting out his encyclopedia. His what is it? Uh, etymology and etymological dictionary. I don't. Fuck you got there. Round one. You got there. Okay. Where's the nearest blank? Where's the nearest gas station? Where's the nearest Walmart? Or where's the nearest McDonald's? There's a tough one in the States. You came to play with these (laughs) ones. Because I was thinking Americans love their gas. And then I thought, oh, Americans love Walmart. But then you pulled out McDonald's and it's like, what? Like, how is there even a winner? Here's the thing. I don't think Americans actually love their Walmart. I think we love oh. our McDonald's. I don't think we love our Walmart. We just go there because it's convenient and it is typically cheaper than well, they the won. competition. They won right. and that's why you go there. Yeah. <laughs> they they bulldoze every small business that exists and you, know, you have to go to Walmart. God, it's the worst. Are we? Can we also consider the fact that uh, there are Walmarts, McDonald's and gas stations that are all combined? Maybe it's a trick question. Oh, I think that could be a thing. I don't know. I know they have Walmarts and McDonald's together, but I assume in the United States, there's also Walmart gas stations. You know, why not? I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know where the nearest Walmart is near me. What? I don't go to a Walmart. I can name like five, all the five closest Walmarts and probably tell you the <laughs> kilometers. I literally don't go are. to a Walmart. Yep. I don't know any of my friends that go to Walmarts. I don't know anyone that goes to a Walmart, actually. I don't I've go ordered regularly. things from Walmart. No, but like at all. Like I don't I don't think any of my friends go to a Walmart. I go as a last resort. An absolute last resort. As a last resort, people go to Target. 
around here. Yeah, so we don't have targets, so that's that's fair. I'm saying gas station. To me, I'm saying that, gas station. Yeah, because like you're running low on gas, you're like, shit, where do I go? Even though that the thing, the only thing that makes it tough is sometimes you just want something that's really quick and easy to eat, and you're just like in bumfuck nowhere, and you just <laughs> and need to fucking. If you type in McDonald's near me, you're gonna get more than just McDonald's. Mm. You're gonna get like every other fast, fast food. food. Chains. Yeah, son of a bitch. I'm saying McDonald's. Fuck it. Fuck the gas. I'm station. saying I'm gas station. I think I think gas station is good. I know where all my WalMarts are. Mike might be googling WalMarts near me because he doesn't know. I have no purpose of going to one. <laughs> if they tell you you have to go to Walmart or you're gonna die, you're gonna be googling. <laughs> I, I guess, guess I'll I die. die. <laughs> Mike, if you need to go to a if you need to go to a coin star at two in the morning, where the fuck are you gonna go? They don't even stay open past eleven anymore. Uh, Why would no. I go to a coin star in the first place? Why do I have coins? That's the only reason I don't go to Walmart anymore. <laughs> All right, Mike, what's I your don't answer? know. I went to an I went to a Walmart in in Hack someplace in New Jersey. What was it, Matt? That was so I'm terrifying. I'm pretty sure the Hollywoods up the street from me has a coin star in it, so I'll go mm, there. Fair enough. Everyone was going in with big, bo- like big jars of coins, and it was two in the morning, and I was like, "This is America, I guess." <laughs> we'll play three quick rounds. <laughs> All right, Mike, we need an answer. McDonald's. All right, the answer is where is the nearest Walmart? Wally World is the answer. Yep. I hate America. All right, because people don't know. Round two: Is it hard to blank? <laughs> is it hard to get pregnant? Is it hard yes. to move to Canada? Yes. Or is it hard to learn guitar? Yes. <laughs> These are all difficult things. I, if this had been a couple years ago, I might yep. have said Canada, the yep. Canada one. But that's not really a thing right now, comparatively. Not as much, no. If this had been 2016, we were playing this. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's probably, what was the, it's Canada guitar and, oh, get pregnant. Yeah. I think Canada, because that's what people are actually Googling. Like, yes, it is hard to get pregnant, but I feel like you Google like pregnancy, like how to get pregnant, but you wouldn't be Googling, is it difficult? You know what I mean? So I think I'm going Canada. Do people in the South really want to go to Canada instead of like Mexico? No, but I feel like people like in the, like there's, you know, people all over the country, especially in like, there's all these like New Yorker people who are like, I'm moving to Canada. Fuck this place. Like, and then it's like, okay, dude, it's not great here either. But anyway, <laughs> I digress. I'm going with uh, pregnant because people want babies. Put that on a mug. People want babies. (laughs) I'm going with guitar. All right. The answer, is it hard to get pregnant? Get pregnant. Hooray. Why would you ask it like that? Maybe you've been trying. You you thought it would work on the first go, and then you're Googling. You're like, wait, is this shit hard? Fuck, I thought this was was like a one and done thing. It's actually fucking really hard, dude. You accidentally win the first time and you're like, I thought it was supposed to be difficult. Yeah, but then you might be, yeah, it's true. I really like the idea, though, of being like, of thinking it was like, everyone's like, dude, it's like the first time you do it, you're going to get pregnant. And they're like, what the, is this actually hard? Fuck. Yeah. All right, round three. How long can blank? How long can sperm survive? Hey. How long can birds stay in the air? Or how long can chicken sit in the fridge? Okay, well, it depends on the bird. So I think that's uh, right off the bat. Chicken sit in the fridge for two days at most. Yeah, but after a certain amount of time, they'll freeze to death because of the cold. You got to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for this sure. It depends on what you yeah. set your fridge to. And if you washed them or not. First. Also, yeah, it depends on if you've washed the chicken or not. Yeah, fuck off. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm definitely going sperm because of the last question about the the pregnancy thing. I think it's definitely people going like now it's I think Mike's thing where it's like shit, dude. How long can fucking sperm live? Like it's been like two weeks. Am I still fucked? Like like shit, bro. I'm pretty sure I like pulled out, but I don't know about this anymore. Fuck, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going. I'm going with that one. I put these stained pants on last week and I'm like worried that there was still something going on. (laughs) Remember last week when it wasn't a sex thing? This is a sex thing. Yeah, yeah. This is a sex thing. Where's Cope when you need him? Fuck, I'm going with chicken. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like (laughs) at least I got chicken. All right. The answer. How long can chicken sit in the fridge? Damn. I've Googled that. That's a good one. I I just assume after a day, I don't trust it anymore. A day? Two days. I don't know. I mean, I You're never trust the chicken anyways. I never trust chicken in the fridge. That's the thing. I guess my wife, she, she'll like cook off chicken all the time. And so it, then Why? I just, just wash it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I should wash off your uh, cooked off chicken. Yeah. You know, she actually listens to the to the podcast, so so she already got that advice a couple episodes ago. Good. Yeah, as you go into your kitchen, it's splattered in water and chicken. <laughs> She's summarily day. filed for yeah. divorce. I'm <laughs> shitting right. I'm shitting diarrhea right now as we record <laughs> because I've just had salmonella for the last two weeks. Yeah. She's like, "Oh man, damn! I was completely wrong. I, you do need to wash it." All right. Let's move on to the big question. Growing up before the internet had become ubiquitous, but while games had already become a normal part of life, we experienced a phenomenon that I imagine today's youth is missing out on. Playground rumors, mysteries, myths, legends, whatever you want to call them, played a large role in our original gaming experiences. What was, in reality, probably just a nationwide game of telephone, kids would share rumors or urban legends about games that were often never true. Something like, if you go to this tree in this town, walk behind it, press B while facing north seven times, you'll encounter this super rare, never-before-seen NPC who's going to give you this all-powerful item that you can one-shot every enemy with. And most of these legends were completely made up, but occasionally, you'd actually run into a secret that really did exist. So here's the question. What are some of the big playground rumors that you remember from growing up, and did any of them end up actually being true for you? Josh, we're gonna go to you first, the uh, the youngster of the groups. So let's let's hear your experience first. What are some of the playground rumors that you remember, and were any of them true? Yeah, what did you hear yesterday? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the monkey bars yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, grew this beard out very fast, actually. Josh cannot reach the monkey bars, alas. I, I still can't. Bro <laughs> uh, <laughs> was terrified of those fucking things. Yeah, same. that's fair. That's fair. I was tall and they still freaked me the shit out. I was always a fat little kid, so I was just going to be a <laughs> bowling take, ball if I fell off of them. Oh, take no. a huge tumble. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so I racked my brain over this question. I'll be honest. I just couldn't come up with anything, but I've got a I've got a good one. I've got oh. a good one. It was more a rumor that Fabian spread amongst the group. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so... Fabian didn't get to play a lot of video games as a kid. So he had to somehow, you know, catch up with the group, make sure he was, you know, in the loop and uh, was able to have conversation with everybody. So he would still read the books, keep up with, all, you know, things online, that kind of deal. Uh, so the rumor that he kind of spread uh, was in old school RuneScape, uh, which was just RuneScape then, 
the max level was 140, 126, 126. And this man had us all convinced that he was one of the best players in RuneScape. Oh. And he had 126 level full Dragon Slayer armor. The fucking nines. And every single time we would ask this man at lunch, can we see your character? Can we see your character? I, I just, I'll, I'll, I won't be on tonight. I won't be on tonight. My character lives in Canada. She's from Canada. That was effectively what it boiled down to. Uh, and eventually, obviously, we kind of figured out, hey, uh, you son of a bitch, you don't have a 126. <laughs> Froggy 315, which was his character's name, is only level 50. <laughs> you piece of shit. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that was just a nice, fun time. Fabian, you rat bastard. I'm dogging him. He won't even listen to it. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was uh, that was our rumor that went around. Uh, I, I really did rack my brain like fucking crazy. I just, I think whenever I was like, in middle school and elementary school, it, it was just, it wasn't, the online hadn't really hit yet, and people weren't necessarily talking about big video game rumors just within the friend group I was in. We just right. weren't really okay. doing it. We were still playing outside and things, and then I became a fucking shut-in. That's true, because you didn't really start playing games until you were not not older, but like you you weren't like a little kid really playing games. No, I, I like played SNES a little bit. I played like Donkey Kong and then I got a PS2 and that was kind of what kicked it off. But I was mostly playing sports games and things like that. Right. So you, yours is less of a rumor and more just Fabian lying to everyone. <laughs> no, it was a rumor at first and then ah, it's just a bold face lie. Fabian, you rat bastard. If you spread a lie enough, then it becomes a rumor. It just, bro, he had me, he had me telling people. Dude, my best friend has a fucking 126. <laughs> I was well, that's on you, people. dude. <laughs> I thought it was legit. That's on you for trusting your best friend. Um, what <laughs> you, a... <laughs> you weakling. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Paul, do you remember any rumors, playground rumors from, from back in the day? This is a fun question, but unfortunately, it's not something like that I can really rack my brain for. And I remember I have a decent memory, uh, I think, for things. But this just wasn't something that I remember the details of. I can see from Mike's face that I think he remembers some specific ones, I'm hoping. But uh, oh, damn it. Okay. well, either way, I have a few things to say on this topic, though, because uh, I do have some funny things. So first off, I just want to jump in and say really quick, I do. Uh, I do have one sort of, uh, and that is that, um, <laughs> sorry, just a quick second. Uh, <laughs> my mic saying good question, no answers. Is it a good question if there, if no one can come up with an answer? I don't know, but I, I liked it, Matt. I liked the framework. Um, but yeah, um, I remember the Mew stuff in the original Pokemon a lot. Now that wasn't necessarily a rumor. That was like a hack because you could, I think, get... Mew did exist somewhere in Pokemon, and I think you could like do some weird shit by like fucking up link cables to get it. But it was a whole thing. So, but that was something that kids brought up a lot when I was young. Like, how do you get Mew in Pokemon? How do you do that? And people had all these like fake things to be able to do it. Right. I don't remember exactly how, but there was some there was some phony balonies out there with that. But I will say, I was a huge fucking liar. I was the liar as a kid. Um, I didn't usually spread things like this, but I just lied about stupid stuff. Um, like there was a, and this isn't necessarily video games, but just as an example, there was a point I wasn't like the cool guy. Like I wasn't like the group leader as like a middle schooler. 
but there was this period in like sixth grade where I got everyone. I was really into the show. Do you remember the show, The Zach Files? And it was like these kids who were like paranormal investigators. No, I became obsessed. What was with it on? Par- uh, I don't know. It was on like WB and stuff, like something like that. I don't yeah, know. I guess Fox. it would have been something different up there potentially. Yeah. Um, but either way, um, I watched it and it was, uh, yeah, we actually got it on ice blocks delivered to the house. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's where we watched well, it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It could have been broadcast by a different no, company. You're kidding. It, it definitely was. It definitely was. I said, you're kidding. Like it was you, <laughs> you are, <laughs> and I'm telling you, uh, you're joking. Tell me, respect me. All right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I did this thing where I convinced every kid that there was like a ghost under one of the, do you guys have like portables, like those big yellow, like portable buildings outside schools and stuff where you'd have like extra classes and stuff when the school overflowed. Yeah. You know yeah. So we had like, we had portable, an old one and I, I got everyone convinced that like there was a ghost under there. I don't think they actually believed me, but like we spent like <laughs> a good month of recess at one point, every recess we'd go out there and like dig under this portable. And we had this whole, like, I was like convinced if people would come up to me and they'd be like, what, what's in the, what are we doing today? Like, where's, how's the dig going? And I was like, there's a ghost. How's the dig going? It's an archeological site. It was weird. It was, we- I, I became a charismatic cult leader for one month. Um, But this, this kind of shit was like always a thing for me. Like I was like, I would constantly just kind of like people would the worst thing for me. And this is the last thing I'll say on this is video game stuff. People, I had this problem where people would ask me like, Oh, have you played uh, shadow of the Colossus? And I would say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I played it. <laughs> <laughs> I had never played it. I didn't even know how it worked. People would be like, you played shadow Colossus. I'm like, Oh yeah. They're like, what about that one level? And then I'd be like, Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, I just had this like horrible habit of doing that so like i often would like talk about stuff in video games if people hadn't played them i would like make it sound like i knew something that happened in the video game didn't happen i talk about like a level that doesn't exist and i did get called out a few times and it was always humiliating uh and last thing i'll say really quick is kids still share these you said with the advent of the internet kids aren't doing this as much anymore but i'll tell you my nine-year-old nephew is constantly talking about video game rumors more so than i ever did because there's content built around it there's like people who like talk about rumored leaks and things like that so kids will talk about that but also there's fake there's people who will like make fake mock-up trailers and stuff for stuff that never existed they'll be like here's a here's my proposed battle pass for fortnite and kids will see this and be like oh there's going to be a you know, fucking before it was announced, it was like, oh, there's gonna be a Dragon Ball Fortnite collab. That was like three years ago, right? And it's like, no, there's not. And it's like, yeah, I saw it. I saw it on the internet. It's real. <laughs> so like, that's that's like still a thing. And like kids now, there's like more stuff because they have like weird, sad, like twenty year old dudes who like make videos, like lying to the little kids to try to get clicks. So it's like even more. Uh, so that that's just something I've noticed is that it, it comes up a lot. And I get fought pretty hard on it by uh, by children who tell me like, no, this is real and you're wrong because I'm in the know. So you mentioned Pokemon. I'm just going to go ahead because all three yeah. of my examples are are Pokemon examples. And I'm sure my, Mike's 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 saying Mike's given he's thrown up his arms like his are probably Pokemon as well. So one of the dumbest ones, which I still do to this day, is holding down on the D-pad and button mashing B when I'm trying to catch a Pokemon. Sure, it doesn't do anything, uh, but there's no hurt in continuing to do it, I guess. Uh, but that was always a thing. Like you're, you're increasing your chances of catching the Pokemon if you hold down and you button mash B while the Pokemon is in the Pokeball and true. the Pokeball shaking around. <laughs> I'm sure true. it doesn't do anything. I'm sure it doesn't, but I still do it. It just makes sense to me. It makes sense to my brain. Another Pokemon one we had 
which it, it turns out most people heard of this as the Mew secret was for us. It was, if you do this crazy thing with this truck in Vermilion city, you can play in the orange islands. Obviously not true, but most people know this as like, there's this thing with this truck in Vermilion city and, and the, the, the Mew is like hidden under the truck. That was a big one. We didn't have that one. Ours was the orange islands one. I don't know why, but it's one of those things where like the orange islands were hidden under the truck. Yes. Yes. Or like to access them. I don't know why, but, but yes. And then the last one, this one is actually real. And this is probably the most famous of these is that in Pokemon red and blue. And and even if you haven't played the game, I'm sure you've heard of this. This is the most famous, one of the most famous game glitches of all time, but the, the missing no or missing number glitch off of Cinnabar Island where you can actually catch a glitched Pokemon. I remember now I was looking this up when I was writing this down and I remember in my brain being able to turn the missing note into a Mew. I thought that was a thing that you could do, but I couldn't find any evidence of that. So I guess that wasn't the case. That's kind of what I thought too. Like when I was talking about my Mew secret, the truck thing is definitely a thing, but then also I was confusing it. Like there was something with missing no and Mew, but I think both of us were doing a thing where we were like mixing two Pokemon rumors together. That could be, that could be, I, I know. Cause like missing no, I think it was like normal flying type or something like that. And sometimes it appeared as like, like the first letter of your character that you created, like a weird, like messed up sprite version of that. Or sometimes it appeared as the like ghost from Lavender Town or like an Aerodactyl. Like it it was, it was different for, for different people. But, um, I, I did, I caught missing no one point. I believe missing no was also part of the rare candy glitch which allowed you to get as many rare candies as you wanted, unlimited rare candies. I think that was part of it. But um, yeah, the missing no one, that, that's an urban legend that was actually true. And it is one of the most famous glitches in, in all video games. But Mike, you were nodding your head along at some of these. And, and I think you probably also have a Pokemon one. But what you got going on? What are some of the playground rumors that you remember? Well, I don't have any because everything I've set up to this point has been a lie. And I started playing video games three years ago. So. <laughs> Fabian? <laughs> Is that you? Yeah, the Pokemon stuff was what ran rampant. Um, Missing No is tied to the infinite item glitch. Basically, everyone was like, oh, you can get infinite rare candies. But, you know, the smart people are like, what if you just got infinite Master Balls? Because that makes way more sense and is way more useful. But yeah, getting Mew is tied to Nugget Bridge. And using an Abra to glitch the game, basically teleport out as a, as a trainer sees you at some point during Nugget Bridge. Um, and then next time you walk up there, there will be a Mew thing there. Because Mew was in the game code. So that was also a rumor. Rumor that was true. Mew was in the game. I think everyone had their own quote-unquote technique to catching Pokemon. Some people had the press down and hold down and B. Some people were hold A. Some people were hammer on it. Like everyone had their own like tried and true technique. Oh yeah, totally. I think a lot of what was talked about when I was like in eighth grade was like halo rumors. Basically like I like that where you can find certain weapons in the multiplayer maps or where you could glitch out where skulls were hidden, et cetera, et cetera. And then I know when I was in sixth grade, 
That was when me and a couple friends of mine, maybe it was fifth grade. I don't remember. But me and a couple friends were playing a lot of Diablo 2, and we there was some item duping stuff that we would talk about stuff like that the thing is like all these rumors weren't rumors because they were like true <laughs> um, so i don't have anything that's just like oh yeah if you go do this thing it'll happen happen because like i don't know in, in gaming back then it was mostly handheld stuff so like we could just check like immediately and then prove them wrong and tell them you're an idiot i feel like you liked that part of it no, I I didn't partake in much of it. Honestly, the Pokemon stuff was mainly my cousins telling me about it. And a lot of my Classic what my cousins cousin. did uh was with a game shark. So I was like, okay, whatever, I don't have one. Um so I kind of ignored him for the most part. One thing that I will say when uh Silver and Gold came out, I didn't play it, but I did hear I didn't play it right away. I actually didn't play Silver and Gold until the remakes whoa yeah i stopped after red and blue um this is all in biographical form in my pokemon review <laughs> that's true yeah, <laughs> i yeah. know <laughs> i remember you stopped that early i thought you like did at least like two gens i didn't realize you stopped so early for no, no 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 i wanted gen 2 but we have pokemon at home so when i heard that like you could go back to kanto i thought that was just like some bullshit that people were spewing spouting um no it's real um, so good dude. so good the remakes were so good yeah so um thought that was some bullshit found out it wasn't found out that you can face all the kanto trainers but they're all basically elite four members and i was like oh that's that's really cool i'm glad they did that so um but anyways yeah that's that's about it i don't know that totally is like one of those things that you would think would be a rumor from back in the day but no they literally put both yeah. regions in a Game Boy game. It was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in really quick because I did remember one rumor uh, that came up a lot when I was a kid and first started playing video games. And I used to have a lot of people on my my street that were very like, they'd come over to your house and tell you how bad you are at the game and like try to get all the cheats for you and like get all like, they'd like unlock everything. And I was like, I don't like, I don't really want that. Like, I just want to play the game. And they're like, no, you, you have to have this. Um, but anyway. It was Super Mario 64, my first video game that I owned. And it was everyone telling me if you do a certain thing and you beat the game this way and you complete 100%, you can go to the top of the castle and you can change and play as Luigi um, or Yoshi or oh, you get Yoshi yeah. and all that stuff. And that was bullshit. Um, but that ended up making it into the DS remake. Yeah. So yeah. kind of crazy that they it was like almost like that was based on a rumor or like maybe like an early like concept they might have had for the game like a long like in the beginning. I don't know where that came from, but like that became a playground rumor a lot, whereas you could change your character in Mario, um, which would have been a pretty cool thing, even just to Luigi, because I mean, it's just it's that time changing your character is really cool. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was fake. And I always remember that bugging me because people would like swear that they did it and then they wouldn't show me <laughs> their game. <laughs> it drove me crazy. Well, that just that just jogged my memory uh, because Ashbringer was one of those things where yes. the secret way and vanilla of, you know, the legend of getting the Ashbringer. And you know, like it was an old forum post and they put together like how they did it. And then the, obviously they had like this fake screenshot of them holding Ashbringer. And then in Legion, when that came out and Ashbringer and artifact weapons became an actual thing, Blizzard actually made the way to get Ashbringer like 
the same method of that legend, which was a super tedious, insanely tedious, annoying experience, but really cool that they actually made that thing come true. That was, that was an awesome experience. It's so cool for vanilla players to have that experience, I think. And it like make that's so magical that they did that again. And just one of the touches that made Legion really special as an expansion, but Imagine being someone who like started playing in like the last couple expansions of the time. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't even care. This doesn't mean right. anything to me. Just give me like a cool class quest. You fucks. Um, kind of funny. But yeah, I was going to say last thing was just like, wow. Wow. Was that for, I was definitely thinking wow as well. Like, I mean, that was a thing that like, that was one of those things like Mike was saying where we talked about it and everything seemed far fetched, but like a lot of it was true. Like it was stuff you could do, but it seemed outlandish you know it was like the thing go to that farm in westfall and do the chicken dance and then you get a chicken oh yeah by the chicken or you could like or even like the things where you'd wall jump like you and i used to love doing into like secret areas or areas that were unfinished and it's like stuff that went around kind of in rumors and there was videos of it but it wasn't like it what you couldn't be sure you know even though like video editing wasn't like as good as it is now um you'd still see videos of that and be like can i actually get there or is that like some kind of like real hack thing or can I just like jump there um so there was a lot of that kind of stuff and we used to like make up I I don't think I was at an age I think at that point like 14 you know where I wasn't really making up stuff or like people weren't making up areas you could go to that weren't real but it was cool to like talk about that and be like I didn't even know there's like the fact that you could like go to GM Island and stuff there was like mystery in the game that I thought was really really cool we talked about it all the time you mentioned the the YouTube thing like with the videos and stuff and this is a topic for another day but I was just thinking how it's interesting that WoW came out like a year before YouTube launched, roughly something like that. YouTube came out in 2005. I don't know what month, but it's it's interesting how WoW has evolved with YouTube and gaming content on YouTube was so niche to start off with. And now it's like, aside from music videos, it's like most of YouTube. So it's interesting that WoW has been there throughout the entire lifespan of that. It's kind of cool. The one thing that kind of jogged my memory is everybody was talking was it actually happened way more recently than when I was like in middle school or elementary school or hell even high school was when Pokemon Go hit and uh, we were all like just, my college was just full of people everybody was playing and everybody just kept talking about a rumor that there was a Mewtwo somewhere <laughs> that's awesome. it was just I love that everywhere like between my college and then it spread from my college to like I mentioned it to my friends my friends started spreading it around well and it was real because people actually talked to each other during Pokemon Go because that was like the last time people were like everyone was doing the same exact thing yeah and it, it was it was crazy like and it, it even happened like we would play in my hometown and people would do it just the you know the allure of this Pokemon that ev- even I fucking know that's this you know big famous Pokemon and it's like okay you're gonna find him he's here somewhere he's gotta be and that was just that was really neat to see unfold that's awesome yeah Pokemon Go was such a special moment in time I really wish we could just like have that again for another summer but you know it it would have to it's gonna be really difficult to replicate that with something new yeah I think they should uh try again with that Witcher uh Pokemon Go that'll do it I think that'll do it oh yeah for yeah, sure. Just, just bad timing. Just try again. All right, let's move on to name that game. It's been a little while. In name the game. Name the game. In name that game. I give the panelists up to 10 clues. What the an clues, embarrassing mistake. The clues start <laughs> off more vague and progressively get more specific. 
We're going to try the new rules, the new rules as established maybe two times ago that we did this. When you think you know the game, you're going to quote unquote buzz in by saying named it, but you won't say anything right away. We're going to mark you down as having guessed at a specific clue. Then you'll take off your headphones so you won't hear the the remaining clues. The rest of the panelists will continue to play this uh, by the same rules where they buzz in and say named it and remove their headphones. And then once all the clues have been presented, we'll go down the line and see who got it right. The person who got the right answer the earliest into the clues will win. All right, are we ready here? Hell yeah, brother. All right, first clue. This game holds a score of 81 on Metacritic for its highest scoring launch platform. This game originally released in 2019 on two platforms and then on two more before year's end. This game was this Australian developer's second game. This game is considered a member of the stealth genre of video games. This game had an update one year after its launch that introduced a co-op multiplayer mode. This game is often recognized for its award-winning soundtrack. This game was nominated for Best Indie Game at the Game Awards 2019, which it didn't win, although it did win Game of the Year in a few other award shows. Got three more clues. This game carries a unique title. In this game, the NPCs in the game world would consider the playable character quite a nuisance. Named it. And the final clue, Paul, take off your headphones, thank you. The final clue, it really makes you feel like a goose. Named it. Named it. All right, Paul, what is the game? I don't actually know. I just thought I'd go for it. I don't know. Untitled Goose Game? It's Untitled Goose Game! Hell yeah. Very nice. Hell yeah. That was a hard one. I I knew this one would be a little out there. I kind of had an inkling that someone, like one of you three, might randomly get it really early, but you know. Now that you've said it, like I remember that they're in Australian studio and like the soundtrack and things like that, but the yeah, the, the nuisance part uh, and, and again, that rating, it all makes sense. It all tracks. Paul, you you want a game? You want a game? Hey, Congrats! It's not that rare. Okay, relax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the water cooler. We're gonna take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we have been playing this week. I'll go first because it hasn't been much. I didn't have a whole lot of time this past week to play games, but I did play a little bit more WoW Classic. Continued to level my palate in a bit, being super casual about it. Just kind of listening to podcasts or watching YouTube videos while I play nerd yeah and really these sort of games like this is more of like a kickback and relax thing for me than anything else just leveling in an mmo while i have something on the second screen it's a really like zen thing for me and i I really do enjoy it quite a lot but in two weeks two weeks from recording we just found out today the wrath of the lich king pre-patch is coming out for classic so my paladin gonna get a bit of a boost actually quite a lot of a boost so I'm really looking forward to that. Also played a little bit of Fortnite this weekend, and right before the recording, Paul and I played some Fortnite. As of today, the, the Dragon Ball stuff is live. So if you haven't checked it out and you're into Dragon Ball and you've always been thinking about Fortnite but haven't gotten into it, go check it out. There's a bunch of cool Dragon Ball shit in there. So it's a good time. Paul, what'd you play this week? 
Yeah, I mean, same as you. Similar games and similar vibe, just not like a ton of time. That's not true. There's been time, but I just haven't played that much. Uh, I did play a little bit more TFT, Teamfight Tactics. I did play it on stream uh, on Thursday, which was fun. Not a lot of people joining, but I I forgot how much I know like like cursor at a cursory level about um runeterra stuff and league characters and and items uh and i like just i realized i was able to constantly commentate and talk on it which was kind of fun um i don't know if anyone wanted that um but uh, if anyone had showed up and did want it it's there and i'll probably be doing it again this thursday because it was a lot of fun uh playing some uh tft i really like it and uh, again I, i think i know enough about it to kind of uh talk my way through it so it's it's a good time uh, but yeah, I'm doing a little bit of that. Uh, I played a little bit more Hearthstone, but I think that was more towards like the earlier parts of last week post podcast. I haven't been playing a lot since, um, but it is fun. I still want to do some one v one with you, Matt, just to uh, prove prove that you're faking it, dude, and you're not even good <laughs> at all. I, I jest. I, I think you're probably pretty good, but uh, yeah, I I, I do want to play a bit more of that. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to get back into Hearthstone and it is cool when they gave me like a, a deck to come back. I like stuff like that. You know, give me a little win back mechanic. I, that that makes me like a, a gotcha game a little bit more. Yeah, I only played like two matches of Hearthstone over the weekend. Just was doing other stuff, had other stuff on my mind. But I do want to get right back into it um, here pretty soon because I, I really have been enjoying it. But like I said, just haven't had much time. And yes, we will. We will 1v1. I'm going to no scope you. We should dude. do like a, we should do a stream or something where we just like play Ooh. Hearthstone and chat just against each other. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that, that would be fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I, if I had an iPad, I think I'd play more Hearthstone. I'm not going to buy one to play Hearthstone because that's a stupid idea. But like if I just had like a, a new iPad lying around, I think that would be a really fun way to play Hearthstone. But as it stands, I got to like get my computer turned on and then I'm like, why don't I play like a game game? You know, it works well on the phone. A little bit more? It's too small for me. It really phone. does work well on the phone. It does. Do you like it on the phone? You have the same I size do. phone as me. You, you find that's like doable? It's really good. It's really good. The only reason I don't play on the phone very much is because I don't have my deck tracker on there. Right. Which, you know, it, it's really not that big of a deal. But like, yeah, I mean, at at lunch at work, if I'm if I'm bored, I might I might play a game or two. Interesting. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. I uh, I think I need. I, well, I, I know I need glasses. So maybe that'll help me <laughs> to play on the phone a bit more. I feel like uh, close up. It's a little hard for me. So maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah, so that's been a thing. And then also I did mention it. Obviously, I've been playing Fortnite. I've actually been playing a lot of Fortnite. I can't remember what level I was, but I mean, I'm level 80 something in the battle pass now. So I'm like really the summer vibe in battle pass, which is it's been out for a while, but I mean, I didn't play it. I've been playing in like two short bursts. One, like when it first came out, when I got to like level 30 and then, yeah. in the last, like, I want to say like the last week wow. I've gone from like level mid thirties to like 80 or something. I don't know. I just kind of grinded it out. I've just been sitting there and just going through the quests bit by bit, um, week by week, and just kind of going through and catching up on that stuff. And that's been a lot of fun. Uh, And yeah, and also kind of like in anticipation for the Dragon Ball stuff, which I'm really excited to get into and get some V-Bucks for, So, which I I have. So yeah, it's been good. So I've been doing a lot of that. Burning out a little bit. Like I got to be careful because it can... Just playing by yourself, uh, you know, you have to be careful with Fortnite, I feel like, where it can get a little bit... The quests are kind of grindy and then... 
the gameplay, if you like, if you focus too much on the quest, you fall out of like the fun moment to moment gameplay. So you really right. gotta like play that by ear. Usually I'll try to get like one or two quests done in a match. And then like, by that point I'll be like, okay, there's only like 20 pool left. It's too late to start trying to find another quest thing. The circle's too small. Let's like actually play the game now. <laughs> it's like the World of Warcraft thing where it's like, okay, now we have to actually play the game. Are quests really the best way of leveling up the battle pass? Absolutely. There's no other way. Like, I mean, oh, I mean, okay. like doing stuff like there's milestone quests. So just like by doing certain amounts of things, getting a certain amount of damage and an assault rifle, it keeps going up and up and up and up and you do get more stuff from that. But I mean, you'll get it's it, just playing games is pretty minuscule uh, when in the grand scheme you'll get like, you know, you can get like half a bar at like level 80 by doing like certain quests and like getting to certain levels, which is like it's like tiny piddly amounts otherwise. So you really, you have to do the quests uh, in order to complete a battle pass. So, um, but yeah, it, that's been fun. I've been enjoying that. I want to say I played wild classic. That's a lie. I haven't, but I, I'm now that we have this confirmation of wrath uh, being end of the month. I think I might end up boosting someone cause I want to be able to enjoy that pre-patch and, and level up to, yeah. to 70. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I know I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, starting from where I am, which is like 20. So I think I might just boost a character to, you know, 58 or 60 or whatever it is. And just, uh, and just go through outlands. Cause I, I even that's going to be like tough for me to imagine getting through in time. So yeah. Yeah. Do it. We can uh, we can do some dungeons together. I would love to. That'd be so cool. And also, if anyone else wants to, like, hit us up, join the Discord, chat with us. We would love to play WoW with uh, folks in the community as well. One other quick note: I actually know someone who only plays Hearthstone on the phone, which is really interesting, and he's very good. Like he's he's like he's hit legend rank, and he only plays on the phone. It's kind of crazy. That's cool. And another thing I forgot to mention: I played GeoGuessr on stream on Sunday. Had a great time. I love GeoGuessr. So popular too. Yeah, it, the stream did really well. I might stream it again sometime. We'll have to see. Mike, let's go to you next. What have you been playing? I know, obviously, Cult of the Lamb because you're you're doing the review, and I know you probably don't want to go into too much detail because you want to leave it for the review. But what have you been playing this week? I played Cult of the Lamb, and uh, I'm going to get into it. So we're going to talk <laughs> okay. about it. If you are listening to this and you um, want to hear more about Cult of the Lamb, stop the podcast right now, go to YouTube, watch the review, then come back. Unless you're driving or operating heavy machinery or need. Pull over. No, don't pull over. You're probably Pull over to the soft shoulder. It's mostly safe. Put your hazards on. (laughs) Pop that shit up on your phone. No, 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 no. Put it on your playlist for later. While driving. Yeah, while driving. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Wash your chicken, folks. Listen, I'll tell you to wash your chicken, but I'm not going to tell you to to look at your phone while you're driving. Oh, my God. All right. So, so Cult of the Lamb, it's really fucking good, and everyone should play it. It's literally got everything for anybody. If you like cutesy games like Animal Crossing, play it on easy. And you'll have a good time if you want a mini roguelite that looks like and plays like a little bit of Hades, a little bit of Binding of Isaac, play it on extra hard and go nuts. Mike, stop it. You're getting me too excited. I can't handle this right now. If you want to play a 
don't starve kind of survival management game but not super management D. Uh, play this game because everyone should play this game it's incredible wow so the good things the music's great the music's actually phenomenal it's very good they sold the soundtrack separately so they they knew yeah. they knew what they had river boy is the one who did it who did the ost um it's on apple you can listen to it it's also on spotify it's very good so so the the music really sets the mood it it tells you when you're in the cutesy happy part and when you're not um so like when you're in your cult slash village i'm, I'm gonna refer to it as a village because it really is um it's got like this playful happy music going on while you clean up poop and stuff um because you have to clean up poop poop is actually involved a lot in the game so um <laughs> There's like that. High. Yeah, there's a lot of poop. There is some poop eating as well. Oh. Coprophage so, action. But it's but it's all cute, so it's fine. And, and that's that's really like where the game kind of gets away with it. It's like it's deranged, demonic, a little bit fucked up at times, but it's cute all the time, which makes it less revolting. Is it sexy, Mike? Is it ever sexy? I mean, I'll take that as a yes. I'll take that as a yes. spoilers for no spoilers. spoilers. No, no, no. This is spoilers for my review. In my game, I founded the cult of Sega and I married Sanic. Oh, so super sexy, yeah. And I give him daily smooches to oh. his loyalty. <laughs> so. Oh, fuck. Uh, you've sold me. You've sold me on the game. Say no more. I, I'm purchasing it as we squeak. The music's great. The fact that they can sit there and have, like, the game has its own personality. Like, it has this Lovecraftian horror element to it. It has this, like, gory, disgusting element to it. But then it just, like, throws in the most silly cutesy shit like your lamb is adorable except when he's killing things then he gets like this grimacing thing on his face you'll sit there and you'll find like another cult that worships the uh the sea or something i don't remember you'll find another cult they're called the pilgrims but like they have the most ridiculous voice acting in the world absolutely I, like i can't replicate it i'm just picturing someone having to come into work and being like yep that's the take and i'm just like who thought of this and why all i can think of is john wayne being like hey there pilgrim <laughs> they go the animal crossing route no one actually says real words oh and the pilgrims commute all communicate very similarly in that they like ululate and that's it and I don't know why they went with it, but it's amazing. It's incredible. It's hilarious. Um, it just all fits. Um, on top of that, they took three different game elements, a survival management sim, an Animal Crossing, build your village, collect the villagers, hunt, um, a little bit of like Stardew, go around and meet NPCs and do things, quest a little, and then this roguelike dungeon crawler, uh, Binding of Isaac, but everything's melee type game. And at no point do I feel like 
any mode is lacking or any mode is bogging down the game. Wow. When I when I go into the dungeons to forge for food, materials, other villagers, progress the game, I don't feel like I want to just spend all my time there. I want to go in, do what I need to do, and then get back to my cult so that I can feed them, take care of them, garner relationships, uh, tell sermons about how great I am, potentially marry people, etc. Clean up poop. That's important. But then... I don't feel like, oh, I just want to spend all my time in the village. I want to go and fish or I want to go and complete another quest line or go see someone else. Like there's always something to do. At no point do you feel like time spent doing one thing is wasted time. And everything that you do in the game is super quick. Like a dungeon run takes 10 minutes. Foraging all the food from your farm because for the most part, you have to do that. There's an upgrade later that allows your cultists to forage food for you. But at the start and probably for the first half of the game, you're going to be doing that by yourself. It never feels tedious. Like it goes by so quickly while like you go and do it while people are sleeping or you go and do it while people are worshiping you and you're waiting for their, their uh, worship points to <laughs> go all the way up so that you can upgrade your cult. There's something going on at every point that at no point you feel like, wow, I have to do this tedious thing. I don't want to do it. And I feel like that's impressive because a lot of games, a lot of lesser games would feel bogged down by how much you have to do and all the systems that are right. added into the game. Like there's a fishing mechanic that is there and it's a great way to get food but it also progresses a quest, but it also does something else. There's just so much to it. It's a great game. Go watch the review. Another spoiler for the review, so don't listen at this point. I don't have any <laughs> missteps. Oh, whoa. I, I've found nothing that is egregiously bad. I have nitpicks, but I don't even think that they're nitpicks. And when I give those nitpicks, I'm going to also give like reasoning as to why they don't exist in the game uh one of them being the lack of a management ui in order to tell people to go do work you have to walk up to them and tell them what to go do there is nothing in the game that i could tell that tracks what everyone is doing so i don't really know what my <laughs> what my villagers are doing and i feel like that's in the game to not bog you down with the management of your of your cult because yeah. your cultists will just go do work if it's available it doesn't matter what it is like if the farm has tasks to be done they'll just someone will go do it you can I like assign that. someone to do it but you don't have to and that's that's the key and that's kind of the key with the entire game like yes in order to progress the story you have to do the dungeon thing but if you don't really like the dungeon part of it you don't have to go back and do like the ultra hard versions of the previous paths that you've cleared they're available to you and you can dive further and further into the dungeoning if you find that fun and you want to do it and you want to get like the extra rewards but it's not necessary if you want to have an efficient village you can micromanage your guys but you don't have to there's like little perks that you can give to certain people they all have different qualities to them that would make them better at certain jobs and you can assign them or 
you can go my route and be like, well, there's no real easy way to do this. So I don't care that much because everything's getting done anyways. So what I usually do is assign a cultist to a job right when I bring them into the fold. And then I never, never assign them a job. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good way to do it. And if if they go and do that job, great. If they go and do a different job because they need to, also great. Have at it. So, yeah. I don't know what score I'm giving this game, but it's going to be high. It's going to be real high. So Paul and I were talking with a friend earlier today about this game, and, and none of us have played it, but from the impression that we get from the trailer and from reviews that are already out and from all that kind of stuff is that, like you said, it doesn't have like this... It doesn't have this management UI because it's almost like a jack of all trades or like a light version of a bunch of different genres. Like it's like mm-hmm. a roguelite, but it's not all the way like a rogue roguelite. It's like a survival base builder, but it's not all the way like a survival base builder or um, it's like a management sim, but it's not all the way like a management sim. It's It just kind of takes the fun parts of those and doesn't bog it down. But so it'll take like the the good parts that people like about these genres and mash them together in this one game without getting into the weeds and into the, to the really deep levels of these systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited to play it. And I, and I think, I think it could be good for me. Who's who is interested in the good parts of these sort of genres, but not the parts of these genres that get too deep and, and bog you down and slow down the game. Exactly. Very good game. Everyone buy it. Very nice. I'm every I'm, single person. I'm de- I'm definitely considering it now more than I had been up until release. Just the things that I've been hearing, I'm excited. Anything else? I played Apex and Valorant, and um, that's it. All right, Josh, what did you play this week? Mike, I like that you have your regulars. You're, you're like me, except your games are actually halfway decent. Uh, I of course played my usuals, uh, aka WoW obviously though but i actually divvied it up a little bit so instead of talking about wow yes season four is season four it's more world of warcraft shadowlands please god bring on shadow fucking not shadowlands fuck get this shit out of here <laughs> bring me dragonflight please get the shit out of here i'm done with it it's over fuck the shit so i guess in order of kind of importance to talk about i suppose play a little bit of call of duty play a little model warfare i'm just getting excited for Modern warfare too i'm gonna play the shit out of it it's just if it's anything like the first Modern Warfare, I'm finding I'm enjoying it more and more. Uh, so if it's anything like that, I'm going to have a blast with it. If they can iterate and make it better, perfect. I'm going to love it. I also decided to dive back into Dragon Age Inquisition. Whoa. I put it on casual. I'm not even fiddling with normal because I hate the combat in it. It's strategy-based for the most part. I mean, you can play on casual and make it to where you're just controlling one or two characters and you're good. You don't have to go strategy top down and control all these characters, which is just overwhelming for me. I would just rather control one or two characters, use those, and then set up my characters to protect me, basically. And that, to me, is satisfying and fun. So I've done that a little bit. I haven't gotten far. Uh, it gets to be a little bit of a slog when you get to the first real area, which is the hinterlands. So I'm having fun with it. I just don't know how much I'm going to stick with it. It's just... I, it was to me is the last hurrah from Bioware before they really started to eat complete shit. Because uh, people have said, you know, Dragon Age Inquisition is good. It has a slow start, but it gets pretty good. Uh, so I'm gonna try to stick with it, and we'll we'll see uh, if I if I do. I mean, I love Bioware games, so I I may. 
Then the more interesting one that I played, which is well out of what I normally play, was Firewatch. Yeah. I randomly downloaded it like, probably three months ago on Game Pass and just never played it. But with me being sick all weekend, uh, Kayla and I, on our uh, date nights that we have on Fridays, we normally go out somewhere, go do shit, yada yada, but we had to stay in. So we did a bunch of things that night. Uh, we actually played Jeopardy on the Switch, which, uh, fuck you, Margaret, Whoa. the AI. Oh, <laughs> love Jeopardy. She got dogged. Jeopardy is one of our favorites. Uh, we played some Wheel of Fortune, too. That was fun. We, we landed on the million dollars on Wheel of Fortune, actually, uh, but we didn't win it because we suck at Wheel of Fortune. Uh, but anyways, Firewatch. Firewatch was super fucking neat. I loved it to death. There's absolutely no replayability in it whatsoever. I can't imagine a scenario in which someone goes back and replays it. Only way I can imagine it is if you go back and don't say a word as opposed to saying everything. Because I know, I'm not sure how many people played it, Matt. I know you have. But the general premise of the way the game works, it's effectively a walking simulator with dialogue and conversation basically being the main like point of the entire game. Uh, and you can choose to respond or not, not respond to the person you're talking um, who is another lookout, uh, Delilah. She just goes by D by the end of it. You can choose to respond to her, talk to her, uh, or you can just say nothing and just be this silent uh, voice throughout the entirety of it. And to me, that was super unique because I, of course, being the talkative motherfucker I am, decided I would respond to literally everything. Point out every little thing that I saw, every little <laughs> nook and cranny that I could talk to her and respond to her about, I would say. And it, it was super unique and clever, and it built the world and the story really, really well. To, and to kind of talk about the ending, you almost kind of have to talk about the beginning uh, of the game. Um, so spoilers if you haven't played it, by all means, it's, it's good. It's not like I'm going to completely ruin it, but the, the beginning of the game is super clever. You effectively make your choices, and it leads you to marrying your wife, who gets early onset dementia, who then effectively ends up in a, the choice I made, I put her in a home. Uh, and uh, then you just, you're so racked with guilt. You can't handle the responsibility anymore. Your player character goes off to Wyoming to be Firewatch. And you go through all the steps, yada, yada. You talk to Delilah, who's your main person that you talk to the entire time. Basically the only person you talk to the entire time. And as you're talking to her, you kind of realize that it's so well written, you're getting more attached to her. And there's options to like be way more upfront, way more flirtatious, way right. more, frankly, just blunt about your intentions. And she generally reciprocates. But I think what's so good about it is there's also this middle subplot of the game where you think there's this big serious thing going on with government conspiracies or something serious. And then... It just undercuts it completely, and it's just hits you with a gut punch. I won't spoil that part. Uh, it hits you with a gut punch, and then it just kind of start. It starts to tail off, but you would think it tailing off and not ending in a great way would be this horrible ending for the game. But I, I think on the contrary, it made it a really unique and fantastic ending because it told more of a story on personal responsibility and the fact that you can't just escape it and just run from it. Delilah, for example. She kind of casually talks about her boyfriend or boyfriend, whoever she has uh, back home, and she just always tries to get away and run. So by the time you're about to make it back to get helicoptered away, you ask Delilah to wait to stay so you can, you know, meet her 
and actually meet face to face with him. She says, I can't. I got to go. She hops on the helicopter and takes off. That's it. You don't hear anything else from her uh, aside from when she sees like your truck in uh, the next time. You uh, then you get you know back to your area, and all you do is you just hop on your helicopter. You go back and the credits roll. That's it. There's no conclusion with Delilah. She goes off back to her life because the season of Firewatch over. She's probably going to come back next year, and you're probably not going to come back next year. You have to just go back and be with your dementia-riddled wife, and you still have to live with that responsibility that you left for two months, right? two or three months, being a Firewatch. It's just, it was super unique. It was, I, I, I kind of read online like a few takes. Some people loved it. Some people really didn't like the way it ended. But I really thought the way it ended told more, told a better story and was really more fitting than if it was just some happy-go-lucky story where you meet the person you've been talking to all this time and, oh, it's great, wonderful, you get on great and, you know, your dementia-riddled wife doesn't know any better because she's just forgotten at this point. But, nope, that's not the case. you got to go back. You never, you're really never going to see D again. And there's also just a devastating end to that middle part of the story, which I won't spoil, but it was super good. It's gotten it's gotten me wanting wanting to play more um more uh, indie games. It hey. just kind of shows you that there, I, I've made a resolution to play one, so there, or at least three. So there's one. So it it's super fun. Short, it was like three hours. We played it in one sitting. Uh, so yeah, fantastic game. Really really nice to jump into something new instead of the same old same old. Yeah, I really liked Firewatch. I don't think I loved it. As time has gone on, other games have just surpassed it in what they were trying to do. But the most disappointing thing about all of this is, and, and I don't know how much you guys know about this, but Campo Santo, who made Firewatch, was in the middle of developing their next game in the Valley of Gods, which was like an, e- an Egypt theme. I think it was like an archaeological Egyptian theme, and it looked really promising. And then Valve bought Campo Santo, and then they just kind of put them on Half-Life Alex, Dota Underlords, Artifacts other parts of like steam. And so Campo Santo just isn't that game is never going to happen. And Campo Santo is just like not making their own games anymore because they're just a part of valve, which really kind of sucks. But firewatch was, I think firewatch was special and it definitely moved the walking sim genre forward. But looking back now, it it really, I don't know if it holds up next to some other walking sims, but for, for like one of your first real walking sims, Josh firewatch is a really good one. I'm glad I'm glad you got to play it. I, one final point I'd make about it was I think what really did tickle my brain so much about it being a walking simulator because normally what what Josh is playing a walking simulator like what tickled my brain so much is that the map isn't is is linear in nature but you also have to be clever about the routes you take. Oh so yeah, you have yeah. To rem- you have to remember which way you went, and it was like I was a kid like exploring the forest again, trying to remember exactly where I was. It was super fucking satisfying. All right, very good. I like it, Josh. I like you You brought something new to the table this week. I like that. All right, let's move on to audience questions. Every week we address audience questions, comments, or concerns. We take questions from our supporters on Patreon at patreon.com. So it's good in groups where you can leave your questions in the comments section of the previous episode's post. The Matt, $1 tier, what? Are people concerned? You say eh. questions or concerns. Bill concerned? Has anyone ever been like? I'm I want. I want to leave the door open in case anyone has concerns. I want them to. I want. <laughs> I want. I want to leave the door open. They're probably concerned that you're washing your chicken. The mm. one dollar tier will get you access to the submissions. 
We also take submissions at gamegroups at gmail.com by adding us on Twitter and on the community Discord in the audience questions channel. But, of course, the patrons receive priority. This week's question comes from Bob Ross Beyond the Grave. He asks, what are some of the most aesthetically pleasing games to you personally? Paul, what are some of the most aesthetically pleasing video games to you? I thought Bob Ross from Beyond the Grave was owned by Spencer Gifts, so I'm kind of surprised that he was even allowed to write into our podcast. Uh, I isn't that funny to anyone? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck all of you, uh, including the audience. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I have no loyalty. Write in your concerns, assholes. Um, no, I, I love you. I love you all. Uh, tough love. Uh, but yeah, favorite uh, video game. What are we talking about? Favorite video game uh, aesthetically pleasing games to me. Uh, I got a couple. First off, I want to say just a really beautiful, well-designed, kind of like a cell-shaded game. Uh, I'm kind of shouting out Sable here specifically, um, but also stuff like uh, Dragon Ball Fighters or just there's just some something about a really well-designed cell-shaded game. Uh, again, talking about stable, like a good frame rate, just something that has this kind of unique design to it uh, and kind of pushes that animated medium and doesn't just jump right into like 3D sprites and that kind of thing. I think that's an incredible aesthetic uh, and I'd like to see more stuff like that. Also, um, keep it short and sweet. Uh, I just, uh, I fucking love the way uh, the environments look in The Witcher 3. Uh, I love everything about the way The Witcher 3 looks. I just love The Witcher 3. and. I I think Skellige is the most aesthetically pleasing place to me in any video game, and you can mark it down, Nuncle. And and also, <laughs> don't give me that face. And also, WoW's pretty rad because of the nostalgia and, and shit. Very nice. Mike, your most aesthetically ple- pleasing games. Are we supposed to cater to Matt and I'll say Witcher 3? No, no, I oh, didn't okay. put Witcher three on my list. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a good looking game, and I like Fuck it. Fuck but... you, dude. <laughs> Personally, I don't like uh, realism takes on animation and art style because I feel like they get dated very easily. Except in The Witcher three. Yeah, The Witcher three on Switch looks really fucking. Well, good. in the Switch, that's a Switch issue. No game looks good on the Switch. Paul, don't did, fucking Paul, tell me a good same game. Paul, looks you good already answered. Witcher 3 looks really bad on iPad, too, it turns out. Actually, the iPad has like a 10x better chip than the Switch, so... Yeah, I I like... I don't know. From an aesthetic standpoint, I like games that have art that's actually art. Mocap looks fine, but I don't care. So what I'm saying is like Spiritfarer. Spiritfarer is beautiful. You know, you've got... I'm trying to think of other games, but Spearfare is the only one that I can really think of that was just like, wow, this is gorgeous. Getting over it with Bennett Foddy is really ugly and looks like <laughs> it's beautiful. A pile of shit. And he literally says as you're playing it that he was like, what if you just took random assets and put it in a game? That's what I did. <laughs> um, that's like saying Gmod is a really beautiful game. Like what? <laughs> yeah, I, I just I, I kind of like that hand drawn art style. I kind of like cell shadings, kind of like what uh Paul said. I think that's pretty cool. It just has to look good. I really like Cult of the Lambs art style. 
I, I think it works very well. Um, looking kind of Paper Mario-esque, but also very cute, but also very Happy Tree Friends. Um, which, God, this game makes me remember and slightly miss, but is also horrified of Happy Tree Friends because some of that shit. I cringe now looking back to when I was a kid and I was like showing, I was like, Mom, check out this hilarious like cartoon I found on the internet. And she was like, you shouldn't be watching this. And I was like, I was so <laughs> unabashedly like, this is fine, right? It's funny. <laughs> I feel it's like really- Happy Tree Friends was like, a key cornerstone in my desensitivity to gore and violence (laughs) definitely (laughs) yeah so i want to give like a good answer but like spirit fair is the best that i can think of that's fair cuphead is beautiful uh true yeah but that's like a that's a very unique case literally hand-drawn literally (laughs) hand-drawn literally anime animators slaving over it Hollow Knight's pretty. I don't know. I like hand drawn. I like hand animated or at least appearing hand animated games. I think they look good, especially when done well. Sonic's pretty cool. All right. All right. Well, we're moving on from you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I'm just going to go now because I, I agree with Mike that I generally, I wouldn't call a photo realistic game aesthetically pleasing necessarily. I think they can look really good in the, they can really impress me, but I'm not going to call it aesthetically pleasing. However, I'm going to name Ghost of Tsushima here as one of my answers. It's up there for me because it's a mix of photorealism, but it has this increased color saturation, and then it has like these fantastical elements to it. This is a great answer. Yeah, and so Ghost of Tsushima, I think if you're if you're talking about aesthetically pleasing photorealism, that's like the perfect example of that sort of thing. And I love I love that game. I, I can't wait for a sequel. Another one I want to mention here is Sea of Thieves. It's just a really cozy look. And that's largely because of its visual style. I, I think it has some of the best looking water in any game. It has the best looking water physics or it has the best looking water and the best water physics. So, I mean, obviously it's a it's a pirate game. The entire thing's on the water. So they kind of have to get it right. But they fucking get it right. Like it is it's an amazing game from an aesthetic standpoint. I'm also, I'm just like generally a big fan of the way a lot of these retro sprite games look like sort of the the type of thing that Mike likes. I don't play many of these, the modern versions of these sort of games, but I like the way that they look and I really respect it and I I appreciate it. And then a special shout out to Kana Bridge of Spirits because it just looks like a Pixar or a DreamWorks movie. And it, I mean, even in gameplay, it looks exactly like it. And they did a really good job with that. And uh, I, I think a sequel to that game could be really fucking impressive. Josh, what about you? First one has got to be Jack and Daxter, uh, Precursor Legacy at least. It's just cartoony. It's cute. The colors pop out. And uh, it's unique. I, I mean, obviously, it, it was been that Ratchet and Clank and Sly Cooper era of games. But I feel like Jack nailed it. And it was, it was just nice, fun, and cute. And was easy to look at. Then Dishonored. I actually meant to add it to my uh, water cooler. I played a little bit of that this week. Dishonored just it, it aged incredibly well because of its art style. Like the I don't even know what the fucking style is. Harsh angles it. and and exaggerated features. And it and it feel it does a good job of making it feel like this oppressive, horrible environment that you're having to run through that's just been overrun by corruption, rats, and disease without feeling like like the thief series. God bless that poor series. And then uh finally probably Terraria. Terraria just the colors pop out super well. I mean, it's even for sprites, 
like you know what armor someone has on uh, you know what weapon they're using because the art and the animations that they use for each weapon and for every armor set and for even building and certain lighting effects like they're all super well done and super well detailed and you can you can tell them apart so well that it just looks so great and it's easier to make incredible art on your own just with the assets you've been given without even having to mod it all that's why i think even though you can build incredible things in Minecraft, you can really be creative and smart in Terraria and with the art that they give you and really your ability to make your own. Awesome. Very nice. That is a, that's a great variety. Very different games. Good stuff. I just want to say really quick that you're all incredibly shallow. <laughs> you're talking about video games, the great beauty that is video games, and all you can talk about is the graphics and the aesthetics and how they look. Well, that is the question, Paul. That is the question <laughs> on, on hand. Cop out. Cop out. All right. Let's move on to a brand new mini game. A brand new game. This is called On the Dot. In On the Dot, I give the panelists a game a media outlet, and three possible rev review scores that it received from that outlet. They have to tell me the correct score that the given outlet gave to the given game. The panelists with the most correct guesses at the end wins. Review scores are taken directly from the outlet websites, and we're going to play five rounds. All right. Round one, Fallout 76. IGN, did they give it a five, a six, or a seven? But <laughs> this is a this is a trick. Matt wants us to think it's a seven. I'm going with a six. I'm going with a seven. The meme never dies. It's IGN. How much money did Bethesda pay them? <laughs> seven. I'm gonna go with seven because I think I think IGN was like, yeah, this game's fine. It's Fallout technically. Sounds like IGN. No, it's not. Don't lie. The answer is that IGN gave Fallout 76 a five. A five. Whoa. Wow. They must wow. have not uh, given them their bribe money. That's how you know shit. shit. All right, next game, The Last of Us Part Two. The Angry Joe Show. Did Joe give Last of Us Part Two a five, a six, or an eight? A ten. Out of ten. Hundred. Yes. Hundred. He's the type of motherfucker to give it a six. I'm going with six again. Fuck it. I'm going against type and I'm saying an eight. I'm just trying to figure. Uh, it's been so long since I've listened to Angry Joe. Literally yeah. years. <laughs> Reasonable. I feel like he would just be outraged beyond belief. Five. Angry Joe gave The Last of Us Part Two a six. A six. Nice. All right. Next game. Marvel's Avengers. Did Game Informer give it a 6.6, .6, a 7.7, .7, or an 8.8? .8? Was this game bad or was this game good? <laughs> Marvel's Avengers? That's the question you want to ask, Josh. That's kind of emblematic of the game in general. Mm. <laughs> okay, so it's one of those it's kind of just It's kind of just absolute nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Game Informer gave it a 6.6 .6, then I'm I feel like 6.6 .6 is like the meta score for that game, but I I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to throw in the 7.7. .7. It's Game Informer. We'll say 8.8. .8. I think they were like, yo, this game rocks my I socks. don't think you can see that game. And think <laughs> that. It's also Game Informer. They're a magazine. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. Man. Oh, That's... yes. How dare they be a magazine? <laughs> <laughs> Go back to 1994. Obviously, they started as a magazine, but Game Informer is one of my favorite video game websites these days. They actually do a better job than most. But Game Informer did give Marvel's Avengers an 8.8. They were wrong. They were so wrong. (laughs) They didn't play the game. (laughs) For this next one, it's out of a a five. uh, It's a scale of up to five. It's not a five-point scale. It's a 10-point scale, but it's up to five. Untitled Goose Game, Screen Rant. Did they give it a 3.5, a 4.0, or a 4.5? Why does Screen Rant exist? I just want a quick digression to say uh, the meta score is 67% on Marvel's Avengers. So, Josh, you were right on the money. uh, (laughs) And Game Informer is fucking crazy. Uh, so sorry, I, I'm 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 not quite understanding what you mean a five point scale out of ten. Sorry, what what is this? It's a, the scale is up to five, but it's a ten point scale. Oh, so like point five. They have half yeah. points. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, I see. Uh, so I'm gonna go four point five. They like the goose honk. I'll go with four because they're realistic. I'm sticking on four as well. I think at launch, people were kind of hype on this game for the meme, like Stray. But over time, it was like, eh, it's probably... They're like, wow, there's no actual game here. Yeah, exactly. Like Like Stray. Stray. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Screen Rant gave Untitled Goose Game a 3.5. Wow. That's Realistic. Yeah, a little harsh. All right. Do we know how we're looking on scores here? Do we we have any idea? I have one and Josh has one. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and the final game, Cyberpunk 2077 IGN. Matt, can you say it the right way, the Keanu way, please? Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> it killed him, folks. <laughs> He's quite literally breathtaking. IGN. <laughs> then you got to be that guy that milked the person that said you're breathtaking you're breathtaking (laughs) milked it for all it was worth on twitter oh man all right ign did they give it a seven an eight or a nine jesus fucking christ that's ign baby they gave it a launch nine (laughs) they probably right Uh, like day one a nine day one they were like we we heard some rumors about some issues that's not (laughs) It has to be a nine. IGN gave Cyberpunk 2077 a nine. Yeah. Hacks. <laughs> such a hack fucking fraud. They played it for all of four hours. <laughs> they played the intro frauds. mission in which it, it yeah. works fine. And yeah. then you leave the intro mission and it doesn't. Listen, I, I enjoyed Cyberpunk. I, w- I don't we, know if I know. would call it a nine, but I, I did really enjoy it. But I will say... When the game came out, and re- when the reviews dropped, so before the game came out, no one had played it yet. The reviews dropped. GameSpot gave it like a seven, maybe an eight, like a seven or an eight, and people absolutely attacked the reviewer yeah. for giving it a seven or an eight. And then re- everyone played it, and they're like, oh, shit, she was right. It's like, <laughs> this is the only reviewer who actually played the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure it was GameSpot. God forbid on a console. I played <laughs> it day over. one. And I just remember finishing the tutorial, going to my house. I finished, I played the tutorial. I was like, wow, this game's beautiful. Reflections are great. My character looks awesome. And then I got to my apartment and my hair was missing. 
and I would go to shower and I was still in clothes and Typical day for Josh. sleep on the couch <laughs> and just everything just looked wrong and unfinished. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I pulled it up here. GameSpot gave Cyberpunk a 7 out of 10 and they got absolutely shit on. Yeah. Immediately. How dare you? You basically said the game was shit. <laughs> a 7 out of 10. It was supposed to be the best game of all time. Ever. Yeah, it's, I think and, yeah, it still is. And then Dark Souls exists and that's the best game of all time ever according to Golden Joystick. Then Dark Souls 2 Elden Ring came out and that's now the best game ever. Dark Souls 2 Elden Ring. Yeah. <laughs> Darker Souls. Yeah. We added jumping. Elden Ring. Hurt Old the game. Souls. <laughs> All right, let's move on to a special shout-out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout-out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. I'll go first. A special shout-out to Greg Street, a.k.a. Ghost Crawler, what? the man has the entire MMORPG world holding out hope that he's creating the last great hope with the Riot MMO. The pressure on him has to be insane, but you know we're all holding our breath and hoping, please do it. Do it for us, Ghostcrawler. Do it for the MMO community. We need it. Josh, your special shout-out. A special shout-out to my shitty group I joined in a mythic dungeon in WoW. <laughs> they were fucking terrible. It was awful and yet we somehow still cleared that goddamn dungeon paul your special shout out special shout out to goku in fortnite goku in fortnite doesn't quite look like goku uh doesn't quite sound like goku but uh it's the closest thing you're gonna get to goku in fortnite <laughs> mike your special shout out can i have multiple fine there's been there's been a lot that has gone on in gaming this week for me first off the wawa <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I would request three. Yeah. Three. Uh the first will These be are coming uh, out of the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> the Advanced. first is uh Lieutenant Surge because oh. my niece has just uh recently by recently I mean the last two weeks since she's come over uh to my house. Uh she has been playing Let's Go Eevee and nice. Lieutenant Surge. Thank you for once again being the hard stop to everyone's fucking run <laughs> and teaching my niece that she has to now grind in order to yeah. beat him. Lieutenant um, so LT Surge. <laughs> Bring everyone back down to earth. Yep. Uh, second, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to <laughs> shout out to dementia. I had I had something. I forgot it, but my third would be also to Goku from um, hey. Fortnite because I did watch some today, and let me mm -hmm. tell you, um, he goes Super Saiyan, uh, just like my boy Sonic. <laughs> Does Sonic go Super Saiyan? What is this? What are Super you talking about? Are you yes. are you joking? Have you never seen Super Sonic? Super Sonic's badass, dude. He what? goes golden. His hair spikes yeah. up. He flies around. He gets with the power of the Chaos Emeralds. Go watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2, please. Wait, you, this, so this is, is actually the reason, part of the game. Does he go supersonic in Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Oh, spoilers, yes. No, I don't care about the spoiler. That's awesome. That makes me want to yeah. watch it more. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, it was Sonic a great wins. moment. Everyone cheered in, in the theater. Everyone's just like, oh, no way. <laughs> everyone clapped. Every, yeah, and, and everyone, <laughs> everyone clapped. <laughs> no, go watch Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's the best video game movie of all Matt, time. if you don't know who Supersonic is, then I question if you can even validly say that you don't like Sonic because you clearly don't know enough about it. 
All right. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups podcast. <laughs> Josh the didn't get a shout out. Josh weekly didn't shout out. Sonic yeah, Haters podcast oh, from us, the Goodnight Groups. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash goodnightgroups. We currently have three different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and will go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The $3 plus tier will get you access to this show two days early on Friday instead of Sunday. And a special shout whoa, out. Whoa, 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 Matt, 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 Matt. Oh, yeah, I yeah. actually, we were just talking about Mike's review for Cult of the Lamb. Go check yeah. it out right now. Yeah. It's on YouTube. I actually just was about to buy uh, about 10,000 views uh, on, oh. a, on a weird site I found. Um, so if the video is actually either delisted or extremely popular, that would be why. Um, but the price of that was actually two ninety nine. <laughs> those are the two options. Yeah. If it's delisted or has a million views. Then I've done it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't end up pulling the trigger if it's normal, <laughs> say <laughs> around a thousand views. But yeah, I, I want to come out real quick and just say that that was about two ninety nine, And you're telling me that for the low, low price of $3, one cent extra, I can actually listen to this podcast early and support the podcast that way instead of just paying for thousands and thousands of Chinese uh, slaves clicking buttons. Yeah, you actually can. It's cool. I, uh, I... It's a much more legal way for me to support the podcast. Oh, much more oh, moral me, as well. They're taking me away. They're taking me away. Oh, no. Okay, bye. A special shout out to our honorary group supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D, James B, and Jeremy R. A round of applause for them, please. D, B, R. Goku himself. <laughs> We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I ask this every week. None of you are doing it. I'm very disappointed. Give me your best Bernie Sanders voice for me, please, Matt. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Everything helps. Please go. Listen, if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, you can still go drop review. You don't even have to write the review. You can just rate it five stars. They'll, They'll save it. They'll accept it. And then it'll help us in the algorithm. I'm asking you once again. (laughs) <laughs> the millionaires and the billionaires. Um, but no, um, I think a lot of people think that you <laughs> you want them to write lavish reviews, that you're asking for reviews. You're not asking for reviews. Those you don't have nice. to. Yeah. You're just asking for a rating, a simple rating. A That's simple how hard rating. up we are. We just want you to rate it five stars. That is the fucking E. That's one button. Just send your cash. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com. For all of our content, where you find this podcast, Southern Fry Groups, game reviews, and more. And, of course, Mike's review of Cult of the Lamb is out now. Go th- check that out on the YouTube channel. It's a great review. On the website, you're also going to find a link to the community Discord, where you can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and chat with us, these cool folks, on a daily basis. It's popping off this week. It's been popping off. Before we get out of here, guys, any last thoughts? I've given up. I, I'm all out of words. Paul, you say some words. Uh, I regret saying it's popping off. <laughs> That'll do it for <laughs> us here today. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Take care, everyone. <laughs>